Hey everybody, how you guys doing? How you guys doing? We made it to December. Happy December. Today is Tuesday, December the 1st, and today I'm going to give you guys a little bit of information which I think is going to help you regarding our study in the book of Revelation. We're going to talk a little bit about the preciousness of the season that we're in, and I'm going to answer a question from a listener. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. Lots of stuff going on. It's the beginning of December. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And uh, my house definitely looks pretty, it's looking pretty Christmassy. And uh, if I could go back and do the last couple days again, I probably would have lowered my expectations. So here's here's a little shout out. So I know a whole bunch of you are decorating for Christmas. You've done it a little bit early this year, just like I did, because, you know, trying to run from the Rona, anything we can do to get out from under this weightiness that everybody feels. And last week we made Thanksgiving cookies with our kids. We had a fantastic Thanksgiving, by the way. We had, I think, 45 people at our house. We sang worship songs. We ate uh, turkey and all the stuffing and all the good things. And the day before that, I made Thanksgiving uh, cutout cookies with my grandkids and my youngest daughter. Well, I had a really high hopes for the day, you guys. I'm not going to lie. I had high hopes and I got everything sort of set up. And then I realized I can't find my cookie cut. I couldn't find them anywhere. I could not find cookie cutters to save my life. I put them, I'm sure, in a safe place. <laughs> but, you know, 31 years of marriage, I know that I have cookie cutters in my house. So I can't find them. I'm frustrated. My grandkids are like, Mamsie, you know, when are we going to make cookies? And so I run down to Fred Meyer and I'm looking for, you know, like Thanksgiving, like fall, you know, cookie cutters. Well, I can't find any. I get accosted by the store manager who tells me I'm not welcome to shop there without a mask. Then I have to have that, you know, dumb conversation with him. So by the time I get home, I'm in a pretty bad mood. I was in a pretty bad mood. I was feeling kind of discouraged. I was, you know, sad even. And I really, you know, and we just gave up on the Christmas or on the Thanksgiving cookie idea because I couldn't find him. So we hauled out all the Christmas cookies and we did them. And I, you know, as we sat and just did the thing, you know, we made the royal icing. My daughter was helping. My mother-in-law was helping. I was looking around and I was like, you know what, Heidi, you need an attitude adjustment, sister. You need an attitude adjustment because it wasn't perfect, but it was perfectly imperfect. Do you guys know what I mean? So a lot of you are frustrated right now because you're trying to decorate your house and people aren't helping you or you feel frustrated by whatever it is. Can I just encourage you guys? I kind of feel like our emotional health might be more important this year than getting the Christmas thing exactly right. I was watching my grandson decorate what was supposed to be a, what was supposed to be a turkey and it looked like Cookie Monster. Like I had little eyes for the, you know, the turkeys and I had all these things sort of set aside. Well, when we couldn't find the the cookie cutters, we sort of improvised and I said, well, we could do it with a, with a circle. Anyway, I finally just gave up and said, here you guys go. Here's all of the, like all the things for the cookie. So I look over at my grandson and he's making, it literally looked like uh cookie monster from Sesame street back before Sesame street became a political activist television show for uh progressive children. Anyway, I'm, I'm telling you what, I've never enjoyed a Sesame street cookie more on Thanksgiving than I did that one. 
because it has a memory attached to it. And even though I was frustrated when I came back from the store and a little bit frazzled, watching my grandkids and my youngest daughter in particular just relish in the fact that the cookies didn't have to be perfect. The house didn't have to look perfect. We were just doing the thing. Just do the thing, you guys. Just do the thing. So I'm going to encourage you because I, I really think that we need it right now. And and it's only going to get, you know, my friend September posted the other day that she has decided to actually not to do most of the things that they normally do. They're ratcheting their gift buying back. They're They're just pulling stuff back so that they can be more present with their kids, you know, more present for the things like making, you know, candied popcorn and Chex Mix and whatever you guys do. And I thought that was a really good idea. So I messaged her and I said, you should have told me that four days ago. <laughs> It would have saved me like an attitude adjustment, right? Uh, listen to this, you guys, out of 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I, you know, as I was thinking about just coming into this season and the heaviness that we've been taking on, I think, as just, which I, I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but definitely I, in some regards, I feel like a lot of us are being worn out right now. And I was thinking that there's nothing quite like having kids really to test where your confidence is, right? Uh, the Rona is testing where our confidence is. Certainly, we're, we're seeing this in, in churches all over the place. Uh, but before my first daughter was born, my confidence in God felt un, unshakable, oh, truly. And when uh, when she was born, I just, I mean, the joy that I felt from holding that little baby in my arms, it was palpable. I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful child. Uh, Please just protect her and uh, help me love her well. And as a young mother, the world didn't feel too big for God. You know, like many of you guys, my conversations with God centered around what I anticipated that my life would bring, what I anticipated motherhood would bring. So when I was pregnant, I remember just asking the Lord to calm my heart and assuage my fears about giving birth. I asked for a smooth delivery and a healthy baby. And then after she arrived, I looked to God to strengthen me as sleepless nights challenged my emotional state and my physical endurance. And honestly, you guys, I'm I'm back in that place again. Not pregnant, obviously. It's not about me asking the Lord to help me uh, calm my heart and my fears about having a baby. It's just... Lord, help me walk with you rightly till you take me home. And it reminded me just of the the weakness that I felt as a brand new mother. And I thought, man, we come into different seasons, don't we? And uh, many of my conversations when I was a young mother took place in the middle of the night as a as I cried out to the Lord and just confessed an unexpected struggle. I often felt inadequate for the tremendous responsibility he had given me. I worried if I was going to have the physical and emotional, let alone the spiritual endurance that I was going to need to shepherd my children. And I would cry out to the Lord and, I, and I'm doing it now. Lord, are you listening? You know, I'm, I'm just so tired. I, I need your help. You guys, we need him every hour in every season of our lives. So I'm in a different season right now and I'm learning to trust him in a different in a different way. And you guys, we've got to place our confidence in the Lord because without him, there's no other place that our confidence can can rest. No other place. Our hearts are so heavily invested, aren't they, in our children. We pray for their provision. We pray for protection, for, for uh, perseverance, for patience. Don't actually pray for patience. I don't, never mind, just scratch that off your list. <laughs> I don't recommend that. But as the years 
go by, I think that the changing seasons of our lives change the nature of the way that we pray. And a lot of you are in different seasons of life right now. You know, I'm in a season very much rapidly approaching uh, more of an empty nest. And there is a certain sadness, I think, that comes along with that. You know, I remember I was telling my husband the other day, I remember feeling uh, a sorrow when our oldest daughter eight years ago, when she moved out and just feeling like there, there went my, the girl that I was like, let's decorate the house together. She was so excited. Well, now, you know, Savannah's out of the house. Sierra's out of the house. Uh, Skylar's married. Spencer's at Portland Bible college. Summer is getting ready to graduate. And my, my season is just changing rapidly. And if you guys are in that season, some of you are in a changing season because you're welcoming children into your home. Boy, that that's fruit basket upset, right? And our prayers are going to change through the different seasons of our lives. It's changing because of the Rona, changing because of the political atmosphere we live in, changing because we're watching the signs of the coming of the Lord, which we're going to get to a few minutes from now in the podcast. But God wants one thing to stay the same. He wants our confidence to always be placed in him. He wants us to know that not only is he listening, he's actually bending down to listen. Because as much as our hearts have invested in our children, God has even more invested in them. And in fact, you guys, he has eternity written for them in his heart. And as our children grow into their teen years and their gaze shifts uh, to what's ahead for them, our gaze also shifts right to the edge of the parenting horizon. A new confidence in the Lord is required at that point. Can you guys feel it? Got a 16-year-old, the harvest is close. The harvest is close. And we want to put our trust in the Lord through every season of parenting, through every season of life, so that when we're faced with trials and tribulations, and this is so important. I was talking to my daughter, one of my daughters the other day about it. Just She's struggling through a really hard thing in her life right now. And she was saying, Mom, I'm just so glad that while all these things change around me, that the ground under my feet shifts The bar gets moved, the players change, whatever it is, I can know that the Lord will never change. Aren't you guys glad that he'll never change? Pray for your kids today. Pray that they would grow to love the Lord, that they would be anchored in him, that they would put their confidence and trust in the Lord, that they would be like like the cedars of Lebanon that the prophet wrote about in Isaiah 41, 19. God understands the different seasons that we're facing right now. And so no matter what season you're in, God's heart is for you and confidence in him is well-placed. So as you change, as uh, as you guys move into the holiday season, I know there's a lot of stress and, and anxiety surrounding so many things right now. Uh, lower the bar a little bit. <laughs> I lowered the bar. I lowered it. My husband was telling me I lowered it so far the other day. I think he could actually step over it. <laughs> He was, he just looked at me and he was like, whoa, Heidi, you know, come down out of your tree. How about you lower your expectations? How about you put your confidence in the Lord and stop trying to get everything just right so that you can meet every single little need of every person around you? Because I can't do it. I can't do it. And I needed to hear it. And I needed to put my confidence in the Lord. And you know what else I was just completely convicted about in talking to one of my older daughters the other day? I think even though our hearts are in the right place, we put ourselves in God's place so often. And we think, I'm going to do it. I'm the one who's going to make this this thing spectacular. Or I'm the one who is going to fix this hurt in this particular person or in this particular child. But the truth is, our confidence has to be in in the Lord. And we want to point our children 
constantly back to him, back to the Lord, back to the Lord, back to the Lord. So 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And he hears you right now, wherever you guys are at. And so I just want to encourage you in that. Hang in there uh, because good things are coming. Why do we know that? Because God says that they are. So I appreciate you guys listening so much. I've been trying to answer questions of the podcast almost every day because there's so many backing up in in the queue right now. And uh, I wanted to just let you guys know that it matters to us. I thought it'd be fun today to tell you we are watching your donations come in and you guys, the Lord is providing for this ministry even in the face of the loss of my speaking income in a, more, in a miraculous way. So I wanted to say thank you. Those of you who've answered the call to help support us financially, you can go to DonorBox. Uh, that is a link in the show notes. And uh, we'll certainly link to that today. But Ashley in Portland, Oregon, thank you so much. Heather from Washington State. Linda, Prineville, Oregon. Christine in Cleveland, Tennessee. Dale from Middleborough, Massachusetts. Tara in North Carolina. Beverly from Richmond, Virginia. Renee, shout out from Montesano, Washington. And Allison from Yorba Linda, California. You guys, thank you for supporting this podcast. We greatly greatly appreciated. And uh, it's helping us keep our staff. You guys are actually helping keep people employed right now. So we appreciate that very, very much. Also wanted to let you guys know that tomorrow the scripture writing for December is going to start and the Bible study will kick off a week from today. And you can join me at MomStrong International. We are working our way slowly but surely. We're working our way through the book of Revelation, having a hoot and holler in good time. And uh, it's a great way for you guys to to dig into the truth of God's word, to rest in what God is doing because he's up to something. God is doing something, you guys. And the more I I watch what God is doing in my life and the more I see what he's doing in your lives, definitely through MomStrong International and through the study, it's an exciting it's an exciting, an exciting uh, time to walk with the Lord. And it's an exciting time to be a Christian. And so I'm going to invite you to join me, momstronginternational.com. When we finish our study in Revelation, I haven't quite decided where we're going to go yet, but I will figure it out. <laughs> I definitely will figure it out. But for the month of December, we're going to focus again on Revelation in the scripture writing challenge. We will focus on that and into the incarnation uh, of Christ, right? The, the coming of our Lord Jesus as a baby. The Bible teaches us that Jesus came once and that he is coming again. God's word tells us that long before the world began, God had a plan to bring redemption through Christ to all who would choose to believe and follow him. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. God knew that we would need a savior. He knew that we would need to be set free and he made a way by sending his one and only son so that we could receive forgiveness and find new life and hope in him. And uh, though we are wading into some hard passages in Revelation for the month of December, I want to encourage you guys keep your eye on the bigger picture because it's Christmas. Hello. And so this month for the scripture writing challenge, rather than focus entirely on the Revelation passages, I'm going to blend in some of my favorite passages about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And because throughout the scriptures, weaved through verse after verse in the Old Testament, there are prophecies that spoke of Christ as coming to earth. And in fact, more than 300 prophecies were recorded to tell of his coming, his life, his journey to the cross, and the power of his resurrection. And these prophecies point to the exact location, the circumstances, even the timing of Jesus's birth. You guys, God alone is the only one 
who could plan these specific dates and ensure that they all come to pass. And this is even more exciting as we study the return of Christ, because we can count on the rapture, which I'm going to get to in a minute because of a, a question from a listener, and the return of Jesus in the same way that we could look forward to with hope, the birth of Christ. It was perfectly timed according to God's sovereign plan, and his return will be the same way. Jesus came with one powerful purpose, and that was to save a lost world. And you guys, he's not finished yet. We are living through very difficult times around the world. And even as we study Revelation together, I'm very aware that a lot of you are uh, wrestling through what you see happening around you. And I want you to uh, keep in mind, because we're going to finish the seal judgments, right, the beginning of uh, this month, and then move into the trumpet judgments. Keep in mind that God, who went to the greatest possible effort to redeem us is going to come and judge the sin that keeps us separated from him. Satan, the Bible says, is soon to be defeated. And so this month, we're going to study uh, images that are going to stretch our deepest imaginings and learn that our prayers really do rise to heaven. And the Bible says they are like incense in the nostrils of our creator, God. He loves us. And this is why your prayers rise to heaven. This is why when we say pray for the election, pray for President Trump, pray for what's happening in our country right now, specifically, hello, Georgia and uh, Pennsylvania. These are battleground states in which tremendous fraud is being uh, seen. And we need the help of God. And the Bible says that his that our prayers matter to him that they rise like incense and uh, God God cares about them. He cares about your prayers. And so we're going to study this at MomStrong International starting today. So the scripture writing challenge starts today. The Bible study will start next Monday, the first Monday of the month. Right now we're finishing up. If you guys joined MomStrong International, like right now in the next couple of days, you'll have access to last month's study and this month's study. So it's a great time for you to join. It's just eight bucks and some change every month. And uh, I hope that you guys will do that. And never really has there been a better time because of what's happening in the culture right now. I want to get to a question from a listener. And uh, I've been getting asked about preterism. So I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. But this one came from Rebecca and she said, Heidi, I want to say this in the most loving way as I appreciate and uh, your work and agree with you on so many things. I've been very saddened by some of the things I've heard you say about Revelation. I know a lot is controversial and I'm not going to pretend like I've figured it all out. But on some major points, I think you're missing an important truth. So basically, Rebecca goes on to say uh, that she doesn't believe in a seven-year tribulation and she doesn't believe uh, the rapture as it's been taught by dispensationalists. In fact, she doesn't believe that it's biblical at all. And so, um, and Rebecca gave me the name, Rebecca, I'm reading your note. I see that you gave me the name of some people who teach uh, preterism and who teach uh, that there is no such thing as the rapture. And actually, uh, at least one of those names that you gave me, I would caution you strongly against. And so uh, sometimes I think when we, so I'm going to, let's talk, well, there's a couple different things. So that one came in and another came in from a gal who is talking about something called preterism. There's basically four views of the book of Revelation, and we're studying them at Mom Strong International. So four theories, basically, of interpretation. And you guys, listen, the study of eschatology is one that students of the Bible spend hours debating and discussing. So I went to Multnomah School of the Bible when I was young, uh, and we would sit around, you know, late into the night and talk about eschatology, which is the study of the end times. And it's a complex subject. 
And the Bible's use of apocalyptic language and probably uh, the imagery and the prophecies has led to a variety of interpretations regarding end time events. And Rebecca, there's room for some disagreement about these things. So we don't have to agree on the non-essentials, but the study of them is never an unworthy pursuit, which is why we are studying uh, the book of Revelation. And I am a pre-tribulation rapture girl. I believe in the tribulation, the seven-year period of, of uh, the tribulation. I do think it is laid out very clearly, actually, in the Bible, which is, uh, you know, contrary to what you're reading. But uh, a pastor friend of mine a long time ago in northern Washington state said, if you torture a verse long enough, it'll confess to anything. <laughs> and so I think that's true. You know, I've heard pastors say, well, we don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Or we don't believe in the tribulation at all. One pastor said to me, well, when you say that you believe in the rapture and that Christ is going to rapture the church out, it just makes it so that Christians are like uh, very disengaged from the culture because after all, uh, Jesus is going to come back and rapture us. And that is going to remove the church. And so now we don't, we no longer have uh, a responsibility. Well, that goes against the Great Commission. There's a whole bunch of other reasons why I think it's so important for us to engage in this conversation. I think we can disagree about things, but I'm going to come back tomorrow because I'm out of time for today, but I'm going to come back tomorrow, Rebecca, and I'm going to. I'm going to specifically talk about why I believe that there is a seven-year tribulation. It's absolutely biblical. Why I believe that there is a pre-tribulation rapture, that the word rapture is not actually mentioned in the Bible, but it is described in great detail. And so I believe it with all my heart. I think you can make absolutely make a solid biblical case for it. But I also believe that you can disagree and still go to heaven. <laughs> so uh, I'm watching for a couple of key prophecies to be fulfilled. If that if those things happen in a particular sequence, then I'm willing to say, okay, uh, for example, if we see a treaty signed uh, and I'm still here for it, I'm I'm willing to say, you know what? Uh, maybe it's maybe it's uh, mid-trib. I don't know. But I do believe that there is a very, very good case to be made for a pre-tribulation rapture and for a seven-year tribulation period that will occur on the earth according to the Bible. So let's come back tomorrow and we will uh, continue talking about the, this very, very important topic. And by the way, I'm going to encourage you guys again before I leave today, keep your confidence in the Lord. Do not allow a study of the end times to divide you to to uh, make it so that you can't walk in fellowship with people. There were many students at Multnomah when we were there years ago who had differing views on the rapture. And some of them were dispensationalists. Some of them were not. I have grown up in the dispensationalist, uh, in a, in a church that taught dispensationalism. And I studied it at length at Bible college and I land there. I think there's a really good case to be made for it. But I have a couple of friends who disagree with me. And guess what? We're still really good friends and we love each other and we're watching, we're watching for certain events. And so this is not a reason for you guys to be divided. It's not, it's certainly not a reason for you to unfollow me, although you can, if you want to, but um, I'm going to come back tomorrow. We're going to pick this discussion up a little bit more. We'll talk about the four interpretation uh, views, the four interpretive views of the book of Revelation. Well, the four major ones. And then I'll talk to you guys a little bit more about why I think it's so important to study the book of Revelation. I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy this first day of December. This is a time for us to turn our eyes on Jesus and to continue to pray faithfully for our country, for our president, for God's will to be done. But I'm gonna encourage you guys, lower the bar a little bit, love your people today. And if you're struggling to come up with, uh, you know, how do I buy all the Christmas presents? How do I do it? Maybe you don't need to do all the things. All right. Ask the Lord. 
he will show you. We love you guys so much. Thank you again for writing reviews for the show over at iTunes. You guys know that we read those. Every single one of them comes in. This one said, sound biblical encouragement. I followed Heidi for several years for biblical homeschool advice, but she has become a source of daily biblical encouragement in this time of increasing cultural evil. Many days God speaks directly through her message right to what I'm going through at the moment. I look forward to hearing from Heidi daily, even as pastors are backing away from speaking the truth lately. Thank you for continuing to speak scriptural truth in love. You're welcome. And I appreciated that review over at iTunes. If you guys have never left a review, we're going to continue to read them here. We would love for you to leave a review. We are shooting for 10,000 over there and uh, we're coming up. We're past 2,000 now. So that's good. All right. Have a great day, you guys. We love you so much. I'll see you back here tomorrow. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.